The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rock. Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right. You can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to SonsofLibertyMedia.com and uh, there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is a Bradley show from yesterday. So if you missed that and you'd like to catch that, that's from yesterday afternoon. Uh, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time he'll be live in that little area there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button, you know, blow it up whatever device you've got there, and then look for the Rumble icon in the bottom right-hand corner. If you click on that, you can join us in the chat on Rumble. We've got a lot of friends over there. Good morning, guys. Good to see you guys, and I'd uh, love to have you over there as well. Uh, we are streaming live to Rumble at Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live, and please subscribe to the channel. We appreciate your support over there. And then also we're streaming live to BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there, and we appreciate Michael and, and his team giving us a platform over on BeforeIt'sNews.com. Right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. Again, these are all the articles that we uh, produce each day and the contributors we have along with the Morning Show Archive. So if you you know, miss something like yesterday. You know, we had Billboard Chris on. This is the Morning Show Archive. Looks like the rest of the um, the the things that you'll, the articles that you'll see there. But it's in an article form. You've got a video. You've got a podcast. You've got uh, the articles we had from the previous day. We've got any articles we mentioned, videos, things of that nature. And, and I try to throw in a, a few bonus videos. So there are information or things I find interesting or something like that, or at least challenging or something. <laughs> They'll be in there as well. That one, because I, I just, I don't try to cover a whole ton of stuff. I try to stay focused as much as I can. Uh, but uh, that'll be there. So sign up for that. And then if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can sign up for that. Uh, that goes out once a week on Saturdays at Sons of Liberty Media, or excuse me, Sons of Liberty Radio.com. That tells you what we're doing in the ministry. And then finally, if you would like to help keep us out there, and support us. Um, there is a donate button at the top of sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation, or you can partner with us monthly 
as a son or daughter of liberty. Now, I, I'm, we're going to get to the main thing here in just a bit. And I'm just going to tell you guys who are listening to my radio, you want to have the Rumble feed pulled up or sonsoflibertymedia.com. Okay. You want to pull that up because while you will be able to hear what's going on, I think people need to see what's going on. Okay. So, yes, you'll be able to hear everything that's going on. Uh, in this video that I'm going to play in this hour, but do yourself a favor, pull it up on your phone, your computer, sit it in the background, whatever you got to do, and you need to see this thing. You really need to see it. It's old, but had this been seen, uh, millions of Americans would probably be alive today. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. So get yourself ready. Probably around the bottom of the hour, we're going to start this up. We're going to make mention of it uh, in just a little bit. But I spoke with my friend Eric Hughes-Jones. We we talked with him. I found him on the show a couple of times. He's up in New York, and uh, we talked last night. He called me. He says, hey, we've got another one of those things. Remember we had that lady, uh, the affluent um, lawyer up there in New York, had like committed his wife, and there were other things that were going on, charges that were being made by the wife and this, that, and the other. And uh, we got you guys involved. And there was actually some good fruit about that. You guys were great in getting in there in that Zoom meeting. I think you scared the pants off of the prosecutors and people who were there. And uh, that lady was let go. Well, we've got another situation up in New York. And uh, I talked with Eric. I said, we'll bring you on a couple of minutes and uh, let you tell what's going on and see how the people can help uh, in this situation. So I, I didn't get a chance. I answered the phone as the show was starting to stream. So I'm assuming this is Eric. Is this Eric? It is. Am I coming through okay? You're coming through great, brother. Great to have you back on the Sons of Liberty. And I told you I'd give you a few minutes. If you want to tell people what's going on, there is a lady up there. hope I get her name right. Felicia Helen or Helena Mulan. Is that correct? It's Mullane, yeah. Mullane. U double L A N E. Felicia Mullane. Gotcha. Okay, and what's going on and up there? The because this is in the state of New York, and she's running a a care center based on on biblical principles about caring for our seniors and such. And she's only got a small group of them. But what's going on up there? Where they're trying to just shut her down from doing that? Oh, quite a bit. I'll try to consolidate it. Just okay. a quick follow-up on the previous case that we did for Elizabeth Weinstein in New York, where she was going to get locked up in a psychiatric ward by her very powerful attorney husband for six months wow. in a psychiatric hospital by force and forcibly medicated. That means tied down to the table and they stick you with the medication until you're uh, you know, in a diaper, basically. We got 123 people were on the phone. Amen. So God bless all you people out there who stood up. I mean, if all you got to yes. do is make a phone call to stand up to the bully. That's huge. And they let her out within 72 hours, no six months incarceration, <laughs> no forced medication. So this works. So, praise the Lord. What we have hey, with yeah. Felicia, yeah, praise be the Lord. Absolutely. Let's give credit where it's due. So Felicia has this beautiful uh, Victorian, looks like a mansion, old style house, huge place that she has, oh, about a half a dozen elderly senior citizens that she takes care of. She has a couple of nurses on staff, so if a bedpan needs to be changed or, you know, they have the, a diaper or something, or if they needed some assistance eating or something, she's got all that care there. She, it's a very well-cared-for place. It's immaculate. You could eat off the floors. It's a beautiful a situation. 
uh, her scripture that she stands on in her little brochure. It's called Agape Manor, and her scripture is Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I, ha- and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. So what it is, and I'll just read a little bit out of her, her little brochure. It says, our mission is to adopt a holistic approach to care, addressing the mind, body, and soul. Our goal is to keep everyone functioning independently as long as possible to avoid long-term care facilities, nursing homes, due to physical deterioration. Now, let me just stop there. Don't forget that Governor uh, Mar- uh, Mario Andrew Cuomo uh, the son of the previous governor. So mm-hmm. it's nice that we have things passed down in the monarchy here to the son. Uh, Andrew Cuomo issued an edict, a mandate, a demand, a requirement, uh, a law in his mind that during the COVID outbreak, actively sick, contagious elderly people must be taken back into the nursing homes. What a ridiculous, idiotic thing to do. It's a complete death sentence to force sick people back into the nursing homes where the last place that you want somebody who's actually sick. Meanwhile, people yep. who were not sick were getting, uh, you know, locked out of their jobs and everything else. So the thing was totally upside down, obviously a population control mechanism and other agendas there clearly. So, um, so it, no surprise that people want to find a private, small, caring, loving, clean, safe place for their elderly family member to, to, to be, uh, to have their home, uh, when they need a little more care than can be provided at their, you know, family residence, but less care than you would need at a hospital or a nursing home, you know, where there's, you know, where they need medical attention or some kind of device to stay alive. So this is just a great end of life place. And it's got a yard out back and it's got trees and fresh air windows that open. You don't get that in the hospital or a nursing home. Nope. So they're trying to shut her down. They want to shut her down. New York State Department of Adult and Family Services wants to shut her down. They want to revoke her license because she didn't want to renew it. So now they're saying they're going to revoke something that she doesn't want. Now, she kind of, you know, before she was awake, she entered into the contract with the state and got the license to operate the, quote, family-type home. And she kind of entered into the jurisdiction of the state willingly. But then as time progressed, she woke up. She saw what saw what happened with covid and the other nursing homes, she realized that licensing is a scam, especially when you have to renew it. That's yep. absurd. If, you know, get a license. It should be good indefinitely unless there was some issue. If you're going to get a license, well, she wants to refuse the license renewal, and now they want to shut her down. So the reason I'm here is to request that we do another round of courtroom observers. You don't have to leave the comfort of your own home or your car. You can just appear by telephone. And her appearance is on Thursday. That's the day after tomorrow. Uh, April 13th uh, at uh, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Okay, so, and I want to thank you, Tim, for bringing me on because I know this is short notice being the day after tomorrow, uh, or I'm sorry, what is it, uh, tomorrow now? It's yes, tomorrow now. now. Yes, Wednesday, tomorrow now. Yeah, right. So these days ago, when I get involved in these cases, time kind of flows and I lose track of what day I'm at, but it's tomorrow uh, and at 9.30 in the morning. So okay. Thursday, April yeah, 13th. Yeah, and, and, and just... So I'm looking at yeah, Go let ahead. me let me let people know we will have the Zoom meeting uh, phone number, the passcodes, all that. You guys are seeing that on the screen who are viewing this right now. We'll have this in the archive. Uh, this will be for tomorrow. Yeah. I will try my best to remember. If I don't remember, somebody in the chat, do me a favor. 
uh, show some love to me and remind me in the morning if I don't re if I don't do it first thing. I want people to be in there because Eric, we as you said before, we had such great success last time with the lady up in New York, and it was just people caring enough to just dial in on their phone or just dial in on the computer or whatever and just be on there whether they were paying attention or not. They showed a presence there, and I think that pre that's what that's what is going to put these people sort of the fear of God in them. You know, Jesus talked about the lady who went to the unjust judge and she kept going to him and he's like, well, I'm going to give her justice because if I don't, she's going to bug me to death. Well, we're going to have to bug some of these people to death uh, in order to get justice in this matter. So uh, give us a final word here and I'm going to have all this up uh, for people who want to go in there. You can get it at sonsoflibertymedia.com and then we're going to, we're going to make mention of it in the morning as well. So people will be aware. But if you would give a final word here about uh, uh, what's what's going on there and, and what people need to do. Yeah, I'll, I'll speak it out just in case somebody's catching this over the radio or the telephone or whatever different listening device and they don't have a computer. The number to call tomorrow is 518-549-0500. Once again, that number to call tomorrow to be an observer for uh, Felicia's court uh, hearing is 518-549-0500. And there's a meeting uh, access code, and that number is 161-873-4386. That's 161-873-4386. And this is, uh, uh, the, the, this is, uh, what the hearing is with the Office of Children and Family Services and the acting commissioner. This is, we have to answer to commissioners and commissars now in the USS of A. And her name is Suzanne Miles Gustav. She's got one of those hyphenated last names. Suzanne Miles Gustav. At e, comma, ESQ period. And it says that on the heading. Susanna, Suzanne Miles Gustav, Esquire. Okay, that's the member loyal to London. Esquire's Esquire's a British title of nobility, folks. It's not yep. an American thing. That's right. This is what we fought against living under squires, which is an assistant to a knight who serves the king. So understand where the enemy is, and uh, so we're fighting a, a big enemy here. If people can show up, it's a big deal. Last time we had people from Kansas, North Dakota, South Carolina, Missouri, New Jersey, New York, Florida. On and on, and it, it, 123 people got this woman out in three days. Let's see if we can Amen. help Felicia today. And T Tim is showing the meeting. You can also appear by computer. There's a link, HTTPS, yep. etc., and that's there as well. Yep, and we'll have that. And I'll make sure that we. And I, I got some good friends in the chat. I'm sure they'll remind me. Hey, Tim, you got to put that link out there because we want to do that in the morning just to refresh people's minds. But we want to bring Eric on. Uh, to share what's going on. Boy, I mean, you know what, Eric? I would love to do a show where we brought people in like every 10 minutes to tell what's going on uh, in the country to where they could support people who are innocent, really, really who are just trying to do right. the right thing. They're they're trying to care for people. They're trying to show love for their neighbor and this, that, and the other. And they're trying to do the right thing. And the state is trying to shut them down every turn. I wish we could do this like for every 10 minutes, like a two-hour show and really get people involved in something that's very simple, I mean, it's not like they even have to yep. leave their house, plan a trip, or anything like that now. Uh, we can actually have yeah, a voice yeah. from where we're at. Yeah, let's call it the Activist Minute, and I can come on briefly and share <laughs> cases that are that are in hand. Now, remember this, one last thing. This is an attack on Christianity because 
her brochure for Agape Manor yep. and her mission statement and has the Lord's, the Lord, the Psalm 28, seven, the word of the Lord across. And it's clear, very clear that she's a Christian person with Christian morals and that she's emphasizing spiritual as well as physical care in at her place where, where she's giving the care to these elderly people. So, and I think that's part of what put her in the square hairs of the state, the communist state is that she's clearly overtly proud to wear it on her sleeve that she's a Christian. She ain't afraid to say it. And that's part of her deal. Amen. Amen. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for letting us in on that. And uh, we appreciate you very much, man. Thank you, my sir. And appreciate everybody out there. We'll talk to you all soon. Okay. Thanks again. And God bless. Yeah. Thank you. All right. There goes Eric. And uh, by the way, you can catch Eric at courtroomwatch.org, courtroomwatch.org. Listen, the stuff I've heard from Eric, from those who know him, I mean, this guy, you know, gave up a life that most of us have experienced. Uh, he would sleep in the cold. I was told he would sleep in a, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but I just so people understand who Eric is. He has a, such a heart for helping people that he would sleep without electricity to the point where he had to put things at his eyes to keep them open or they would freeze shut. Um, and this is in times past, but he is a guy who gives of his time, gives of his efforts to help those who are in need, especially in the legal system. And he's learned quite a bit and uh, is able to use that effectively. So, yeah, um, you guys, you did great last time. We appreciate you very much. And here there's an opportunity where we can uh, show love uh, to the household of faith uh, by just simply dialing in on this Zoom meeting. So I'm going to have that up today in the archive, and then we'll have it up tomorrow. We'll remind you about that. So what I want to do is I've got about 10 minutes here. I don't even have 10 minutes. I want to tell you about a film. Now, some of you may have seen this film. It's called The Silent Screen. I've made reference to it on the show before. It was released in 1984 uh, by American Portrait Films, uh, who was based in Brunswick, Ohio, by the the way. And I'm actually reading from Mark Zhang. He's the one who kind of introduced some of this. But I want you to kind of have an idea of this because Here's the thing. A copy of this video that you're about to to watch and you guys on the radio are about to hear. Uh, and again, I highly encourage you hop over on the Rumble channel or Sons of Liberty. And it's not to drive traffic. That is not what that's about. OK, I realize how all that stuff works, but it is so you see it for your with your own eyes. If you don't get to see it, go to Sons of Liberty Media later on today. The archive will be there. Watch the video. Trust me, it is worth your time. Whether you are pro-life, pro-choice to murder your baby, that's what they won't tell you what pro-choice is, is murder your baby, or, or whatever ideology you're in, there's no denying what's going on uh, in this video, okay? Um, there was a guy, <clears throat> it's narrated by a Dr. Bertrand Nathanson. This guy has gone to be with the Lord. Um, well, let me change that. He died in 2019. But there's obvious repentance, at least on this issue, that you can see. And he's the one narrating. This guy is responsible for somewhere in the neighborhood of the murder of 60,000 unborn babies. 60,000 Americans. Let's just say it that way. And he stopped doing it. And he started exposing what was going on. Praise God for... Dr. Bernard Nathanson. He's the guy who's going to be uh, narrating that you're going to listen to in just a minute. Um, He directed in New York City, 
New York, the Center for Reproductive and Sexual Health. It's not about that. It's about murder. That's what it's about. I mean, even the reproductive sexual health, the, the, the chemicals they give you ladies in your birth control pills and stuff ultimately lead to some form of cervical cancer, ovarian cancer, all of that. You've seen it. You wonder what's causing that? It's these reproductive sexual health stuff. These chemicals, they're wanting, these abortifacients that they want you to take. That's what they are. Um, so he's going to be showing us some of these things. And <clears throat> one of the interesting things is this. These pro-choice to, to murder your baby groups deem the film to be uh, uh, propaganda. Yeah, keep in mind, this film came out uh, more than, uh, right around a decade more than Roe v. Wade, the decision there. And you say, well, Roe v. Wade's been overturned. Yeah, but now the states have to actually man up and put an end to it. And there are several of them, even several people in Congress who want to, quote unquote, guarantee a right to murder a child. And don't give me your stuff about the woman's life. And don't give me that because that is a that is a rarity, even in the. Tubular pregnancies that happen, most time the body eliminates the child that has died. It, 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 in God's providence, that's what happens. So to, this is not the issue. Why are we not looking to save both lives, if that's the case, rather than you know purposely end one so the other one can live? That's not man's choice to do. It really isn't. But anyway, this uh, was sent out at the time it was produced. Listen, it was sent to all members of the U.S. Congress, the nine Supreme Court justices at the time, and U.S. President Ronald Reagan um, had stated, quote, if every member of Congress could see this film, which is the silent screen, they would move quickly to end the tragedy of abortion. Now, I don't know why Ronald Reagan wouldn't end it. Well, he's got to have Congress. There. No, he doesn't. This is an issue of life. This is not an issue of a right. This is an issue of life. And what is the Declaration of Independence, which is part of our law? It's, it's encased in our law. What's the first right that God gives his creation? The right to life. Now, Ronald Reagan could have just said, you know what, we're going to seek to prosecute anybody who commits another one of these atrocities of beheading, dismembering, burning, or what, whatever other means they've come up with to kill children with. He could have done that, but he didn't do it. He said the right thing, didn't do the right thing. And um, with that said... There's a lot going on. Again, Mr. Nathanson died in 2019. Um, it seems from what he had engaged in as a paid hitman, that's what I call them. They're, they're, they are psychopaths. Um, but apparently, at least in this case of Dr. Nathanson, he was delivered from that, repented from it, called it out for what it was. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to spend the next um, uh, 28, 30 minutes or something like that listening to Dr. Nathanson. And again, if you're on Red State Talk Radio, I want to encourage you, jump on sonsoflibertymedia.com, top of the page there, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there, or you can catch us on Sons of Liberty Radio Live 
and uh, catch the live video that's going. It should be the top one. And this is, I moved ahead just so we get to the talking here. So it's a few seconds in. The video in its fullness will be on sonsoflibertymedia.com in the archive. This is Silent Scream. And again, keep in mind as you're watching this, the Bible says that there are seven things that God hates. Yea, they're an abomination. And one of those is the shedding of innocent blood. Now we can discern the chilling, silent scream on the face of this child who is now facing imminent extinction. My name is Bernard N. Nathanson. I'm a physician, practicing obstetrician and gynecologist. And I think I've had a passing experience in matters of abortion. Now, when I was a medical student in 1949, we had no such science as fetology. We were taught that the unborn child, the fetus, uh, was something in the uterus, but it was really an article of faith as to whether or not it was a human being and whether or not that human being had any unique personal qualities. But the whole story has changed since the 1970s. It was at that time that the science of fetology exploded in the medical community. It exploded by means of the introduction of great new technologies such as ultrasound imaging, electronic fetal heart monitoring, fetology, hysteroscopy, radioimmunochemistry, and a host of other dazzling technologies which today constitute, in fact, the corpus of the science of fetology. Real-time ultrasound that is, imaging of the child in motion, has been available as a clinical tool since 1976. The room for the ultrasound examination consists of a conventional examining table, as well as the ultrasound imaging device itself, a bulky appearing machine, here. Now the pregnant woman is positioned on the table for the examination. The abdomen is suitably draped the head of the instrument is now placed over the uterus. This device in turn consists basically of a crystal which sends out pulsing high-frequency sound waves and a transducer which collects the echoes of these waves. The echoes are then collated by a computer which in turn assembles them into a recognizable image of the living unborn child and the child can be imaged by either a linear scan, which is useful for later pregnancies, or a sector scan, which is more accurate for delineating the child in an early pregnancy, such as this one. The image, reconstructed from the echo pattern, is capable of truly amazing resolution. And so discerning is this instrument that the tiny valves of the heart can be studied 
as they snap open and shut during the contractions of the heart. Mothers and fathers, for the first time, have been afforded a view of their unborn child by this spectacular technology. And those technologies, those apparatuses and machines which we now use every day, have convinced us that beyond question, the unborn child is simply another human being, another member of the human community, indistinguishable in every way from any of us. Now, for the first time, we have the technology to see abortion from the victim's vantage point. Ultrasound imaging has allowed us to see this. And so, for the first time, we are going to watch a child being torn apart, dismembered, disarticulated, crushed, and destroyed by the unfeeling steel instruments of the abortionist. What we are looking at here is a depiction of the development of this child in its prenatal stage of life from virtually the very beginnings to the end of that stage. We have here a child at four weeks, at eight weeks, at 12 weeks, at 16 weeks, at 18 weeks, 20 weeks, and at 28 weeks. As you can see, there is no revolutionary or dramatic change in the form or in the substance of this person throughout this developmental stage. Now this little person at 12 weeks is a fully formed, absolutely identifiable human being. He has had brain waves for at least six weeks. His heart has been functioning for perhaps eight weeks. And all the rest of his human functions are indistinguishable from any of ours. Now, this book is Williams Obstetrics, the 16th edition, written in 1980. It is a standard textbook used throughout every medical school in the United States. Preface of this book, published in 1980, cautions us as follows. Happily, we have entered an era in which the fetus can be rightfully considered and treated as our second patient. Who would have dreamed, even a few years ago, that we could serve the fetus as physician? Traditional medical ethics and precepts command us that we must not destroy our patients, that we are pledged to preserve their lives. Now let's see what abortion does to this, our second patient. We have then the 12-week unborn child in the uterus, the uterus being this muscle surrounding the child. When the abortionist commences the procedure, he will first place this instrument, which is known as a speculum, into the woman's vagina and will then open it in order to 
visualize the cervix, the neck of the womb, here. Having visualized the cervix, the abortionist then takes this instrument, which is known as a tenaculum, and fastens it securely through the speculum onto the cervix in this manner, clamping shut the tenaculum and getting a firm grasp on the cervix. The next instrument which is brought into play is called the sound. This instrument is then introduced into the uterus and it is then removed, the abortionist having ascertained exactly how deep and in fact how large the uterus is. And then this set of dilators, these metallic curved instruments are used to affect the opening of the cervix in order to introduce finally the abortion instruments themselves. The abortionist first introduces the most slender of these instruments into the cervix to dilate the cervix, turns the instrument around to a slightly larger end, introduces that end, and then works his way through the various graduated increasingly larger ends of this dilating instrument. He will then take the instrument known as the suction apparatus, which is opened. It is in a sterile container prior to the actual use of the instrument. And then this will be inserted through the dilated cervix up into the uterus and will then puncture the sac surrounding the child, allowing the amniotic fluid to escape. The instrument then will come into direct contact with the child, and with a pressure of approximately 55 or so millimeters of mercury applied to the end of this instrument, as it is attached to a long, thick suction tubing at this end, and to the abortion instrumentation, that is the machine at the other end, the suction tip will begin to tear the child apart. The pieces of the body are torn away one by one uh, until finally all that remains are shards of the body and the head itself. The head will be too large to come through this instrument itself. This will necessitate the introduction of this instrument called a polyp forceps into the uterus through the already dilated cervix, and the abortionist will then attempt to grasp the free-floating head of the child in the uterus between the rings of this instrument. The head is then crushed, the contents of the head removed, and finally the bones of the head, and the abortion is then effectively at an end. We've seen what the 12-week child appears uh, on the ultrasound screen. And we have also seen the mechanics, the actual steps of a 12-week abortion. Now for the first time, we're going to see a film made with real-time ultrasound imaging of a 12-week abortion. Baron Okay, I just want to pause here for just a second to remind you this video and what you're about to see in the result of this was given to 
all the members of Congress under Reagan, they were given to President Reagan, they were given to the nine Supreme Court justices. And look, I know this is difficult to watch. It turns my stomach physically. I just get nauseous even thinking that somebody would do something like this. And yet this is the depravity of man. If you don't believe man is depraved, just listen to what they're doing to the unborn. Oh my goodness. Man can sink to such, he can rise to such heights, but he can sink to such depths of sin and depravity. And that's what's going, this is what this, remember this guy has done 60,000 of these. And now he's, or at that time, he's exposing it in 1984. Bear in mind that this is not an unusual instance, a late abortion. This is one of the 4,000 or so a day done every day in the United States. This film was made at an abortion clinic. The physician who performed the abortion was a young man who was working in two different abortion clinics at the time. He had already done close to 10,000 abortions in his young life. When he was asked to attend the editing session to view the film, he was so appalled at what he had done that he left the room momentarily. Well, he came back to finish the editing. Conscience, yeah. But never again did another abortion. The young woman, praise the Lord, who used the real-time ultrasound camera, was a feminist and a strong pro-abortionist. But she too was so moved. By what she saw at the editing session that she never again discussed the subject of abortion Whew. praise the lord praise the lord now, open an eyes let's turn to the actual film itself we are now looking at a sector scan of a real-time ultrasound imaging of a 12-week unborn child the child is orientated in this direction you are looking now at the head of the child here, the body of the child here, and this uh, image is the child's hand approaching its mouth. Looking a little more closely at the child, we can discern the eye or the orbit of the eye here, the nose of the child here, the mouth of the child here, and we can even look at the ventricle of the brain here. This is a fluid-filled space in the brain. We see the body of the child here with the ribs in silhouette and the spine of the child at the back. This rather granular area of tissue at the top of the sector appears to be the placenta or afterbirth of the child. And we can begin to see down here the thighs, the lower extremities of the child, coming off the body in this manner. Now, let's move to the action. We now see the heart beating here in the child's chest. The heart is beating at a rate of approximately 140 a minute. Uh, and we can see the child moving rather serenely in the 
uterus. One can see it shifting position from time to time. It is still orientated in this manner. And the mouth is receiving the thumb of the child. The child, again, is moving quietly in its sanctuary. Now, this shadow which we are seeing down at the bottom of the screen is the suction tip. We have colored the suction tip deliberately in order for you to discern it more clearly. But the abortionist has now dilated the cervix and is now inserting this suction tip, which you can see moving back and forth across the screen. You will note that as the suction tip, which is now over here, moves toward the child, the child will rear away from it and undergo much more violent, much more agitated movements. The child is now moving in a much more purposeful manner. Its orientation changes from time to time. It is rearing again here. Now, the suction tip has not actually touched the child, even though the child is extremely agitated and moving in a violent manner. The child has now moved back to the profile view, and the suction tip is flashing once again across the screen. The child's mouth is now open, and we will see that again on a freeze frame in a moment. But this suction tip, which you can see moving violently back and forth on the bottom of the screen, is the lethal instrument which will ultimately tear apart and destroy the child. It is only after the fluid has been broken, the sac has been disrupted, that the tip will actually come against the child. But we can see the tip moving back and forth as the abortionist seeks the child's body. Once again, we see the child's mouth wide open in a silent scream in this particular freeze frame. This is the silent scream of a child threatened imminently with extinction. Now the heart rate has speeded up dramatically, and the child's movements are violent at this point. It does sense aggression in its sanctuary. It is moving away. One can see it moving to the left side of the uterus in an attempt, a pathetic attempt, to escape the inexorable instruments which the abortionist is using to extinguish its life. Now, the heart. Okay, just quickly, I, if you're joining us on the radio, Red State Talk Radio, sonsoflibertymedia.com, top of the page, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page. Again, this is not to drive traffic. It's so you can see this, what you're listening to. I, I, you know, it does not make me happy to show you this. But people must see it. Share it with your friends. Again, not for the try. Share it with them. People have been lied to. Show them the truth. Show it to them. Show it to their eyes. People are very audio, video, you know, I don't know what the word is. They, they take in from what they see. There is no denying what's going on that we're watching in this ultrasound as to what they're doing with this child. And look, I thought about it this morning, and I said, God, there's nothing we can do for this child. But maybe, just maybe, we can take what was captured here and this child's life not be in vain, but 
I don't know, awaken men. Again, I stress men to do their duty to stop this stuff. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. If you want to watch the video portion, sonsoflibertymedia.com, beforeitsnews.com, um, or go on Rumble, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Just wanted to encourage you guys who are on the radio, look at this. You have to see it. If you're a pro-choice to murder your baby, you got to see this. I don't know how you can have a hard heart watching what's going on with this innocent child who's done nothing to no one and yet can be, you know, a doctor, a hitman can be paid 200 bucks to rip it apart. I just, <sighs> has again perceptibly speeded up. We can time this at approximately 200 beats per minute. And there is no question this child senses the most mortal danger imaginable. The membrane has now been punctured and the fluid has escaped. One no longer sees that large reservoir of fluid surrounding the child. But once the fluid has been drained off, the suction tip has now been firmly clamped to the child's body and the child is being pulled in a downward direction by the abortionist's suction tip with the negative pressure applied to it, and the body is now being torn systematically from the head, the head of the child being in this direction here. I am now outlining the child's head. The lower extremities have already been lost, and we see the suction tip flashing from time to time in the screen as a typhoon-like series of echoes, and the child is being tugged back and forth as the suction tip has now been applied to the body and the abortionist is exerting his traction on the child in this manner. The child's head is still discernible here. The body is no longer discernible. It has now been torn from the head. What we see now is the head itself with what is called the midline echo of the head and the spicules or fragments of bone. Now this head, which I'm outlining here, on this 12-week child is simply too large to be pulled in one piece out of the uterus. The abortionist is going to have to employ this instrument, the polyp forcep, in an attempt to grab the head. The abortionist will attempt to crush the head with this instrument in this manner and remove the head piecemeal from the uterus. The abortionist and the anesthesiologist have a secret language between them which shields them from the grisly reality of what is going on. The abortionist and the anesthesiologist together refer to the head of this child which is now being sought as number one. And the anesthesiologist will inquire of the abortionist, is number one out yet? Are we finished? We now see intermittently the shanks or blades of this instrument appearing in the image here. The head tends to float freely in the uterus. Here are the shanks or blades of the instrument coming across here. 
Uh, and the head is now being locked on by this polyp forcep, and the head is being pulled down uh, toward the cervix. Now, all we see remaining are simply the shards, the broken fragments, the pieces of tissue which document that there was once a living, defenseless, tiny human being here. In considering the impact of abortion on our society, let's look at some figures as to what has actually happened in the last 20 years. We have reliable figures indicating that in 1963, long before abortion became legalized by the infamous Roe v. Wade decision, there were approximately 100,000 illegal abortions done annually in the United States, and very few legal abortions. In 1973, first year in which that Roe v. Wade decision prevailed in this country, there were 750,000 abortions done. And in 1983, the last year for which we have full and complete figures, there were 1.5 million abortions. Now let's look at abortion as an industry. Last year, there were 1.5 million abortions done in this country. And the average cost of an abortion is about three to four hundred dollars per operation. This has created an industry in this country of about five to six hundred million dollars a year, which would qualify to be on the Fortune 500 list of largest industries in the world. Ninety percent of these monies are going into the pockets of physicians and the remainder into the pockets of the entrepreneurs who run the clinics. Now, we've had some recent investigations on the question of these clinics. Clinics uh, are being franchised out like fast food services across the country. We know there are chains of them in California and through the Southwest and even in the Southeast of the United States. And there is some evidence now that increasingly these clinics are falling into the hands of the mob, of the crime syndicate here in the United States, and that this money, abortion money, is tainted not only by the blood of the innocent victims of abortion, but by the dark hand of the crime syndicate in the United States. When discussing abortion, we must also understand that the unborn child is not the only victim. Women themselves are victims just as the unborn children are. Women have not been told of the true nature of the unborn child. They have not been shown the true facts of what an abortion really is. Women in increasing numbers, hundreds, thousands, even tens of thousands have had their wombs perforated, infected, destroyed. Women have been sterilized and castrated, all as a result of an operation of which they have had no true knowledge. 
This film, and other films which may follow like it, must be made a part of the informed consent for any woman before she submits herself to a procedure of this sort. I accuse the National Abortion Rights Action League, I accuse Planned Parenthood, and all its co-conspirators in the abortion industry of a consistent conspiracy of silence of keeping women in the dark with respect to the true nature of abortion. And I challenge all those purveyors of abortion to show this real-time videotape or one similar to it to all women before they consent to abortion. You know, I think I know a little bit about abortion. I was one of the founders of NARAL in 1969. It's now known as the National Abortion Rights Action League. And for a period of two years, I was the director of the largest abortion clinic in the Western world. Since those times, we have a science which is known as fetology, which has allowed us to study the human fetus. And all of those studies have concluded without exception that the unborn child is a human being indistinguishable from any of us and an integral part of our human community. Now, the destruction of a living human being is no solution to what is basically an, a social problem. And I believe a resort to such violence is an admission of scientific and even worse, ethical impoverishment. Somehow I refuse to believe that Americans who have put men on the moon not devise a better solution than the resort to violence. I think we should all here and now devote ourselves to an untiring effort to devise a better solution, a solution compounded equally of love and compassion and a decent regard for the overriding priority of human life. Let's all, for humanity's sake, here and now, stop the killing. Okay, that's the end. Um... I'm going to make a couple of comments. Won't keep you long. SunCelebrityMedia.com, BeforeSnews.com. Um, yeah, Bradley, where am I head? Bradley, be with you at 3 p.m. Eastern. And then, Lord willing, we'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. Talk to you. I'll see you. I uh, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. I, I see your comments. And it brings me no joy to show what they're doing here, but it must be done. It must be done. When you look at the prophets of the Old Testament, and God takes them, and He take like Ezekiel, and He takes them in, and He shows them what the people of Israel are doing. He shows it to them. Why? Because they won't listen. 
And there's an old phrase, if the ears won't hear it, you tell it to the eyes, because the eyes will see it for what it is. What this guy is talking about, this Dr. Nathanson is talking about, is the same thing that Abby Johnson talks about. Sadly, Abby Johnson has went to Antichrist Roman Catholicism. Maybe, maybe there's somebody who will give her the real gospel that will save her. Because she's on the right track on the abortion. But she saw the same thing this guy's talking about. She saw the ultrasound. She was over, she, you know, she was over Planned Parenthood abortion clinics. Sat beside Hillary Clinton, won an award. Now she's got a movie out showing what these things are. Let me tell you something. I think God is doing something in the midst of that, despite the Roman Catholicism and all that. I think God is doing something in that. He is showing the people their sins. He is showing us our sins. Because we don't stop it. We don't stop it. Well, what are you supposed to do, Tim? I'm just gonna I'm gonna tell you what I think. Okay? And I'm I'm not telling anybody to do anything. I'm not inciting anybody to violence. But I'm gonna say when you look at godly men of the past who would have known about something like this, what would they have done? I worked for Dr. Gary North. Some of you may not know Dr. North, some of you may not. He was not what some people made him out to be. I had intimate conversations with him, uh, working with him, and things of this nature. But I know Dr. North kind of went after this one guy who walked into the church that housed an abortionist, a, a baby murderer. I don't. I'm not going to play games with the thing. I I understand using the term abortion, but they're they're mur they're engaged in murder. There's there, you can't say it any other way. That's what they're engaged in. And this murderer, this serial killer, who wore a white leg lab coat, attended church every Sunday. I don't even remember this guy's name, but he walked into the church. He he found out where the guy was moved in front of the pew that he was in and shot him in his head and killed him. Are you advocating that, Tim? No, I'm not advocating it. What I'm telling you is, is in the Old Testament, at least what we see there among godly men, they put a stop to this stuff. I'm going to tell you, I consider Eric Rudolph, is it Eric Rudolph? Eric Rudolph. I consider, as a man, I speak as a man, I consider him a hero. You can disagree with me if you want. He intended to kill nobody. That was not his intention. It was to say, we have our eyes on you. You better stop what you're doing. And he wanted to blow up a abortion clinic. I'm not advocating it. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is he did that with the intent of destroying a building, not killing anybody. And he forgot about the night guard. As the night guard, a sinner, is he guilty of protecting that which is unholy, which is an abomination? Yep. Nevertheless, people in North Carolina, in the woods of North Carolina, in the hills there, they cared for Eric Rudolph. They gave him food. They put food out. They cared for him. Why? 
because what he did to in their eyes seemed right and you go well it's in their eyes tim yeah and the bible says that the soul that sins shall surely die jesus said himself if you cause one of the little ones to stumble i mean how much more that you crush them that you rip their limbs apart that you crush their heads oh Father, forgive us because we don't even know what we're doing. We do know what we're doing, but we don't. We don't realize the consequences of murdering our posterity. My understanding is 18 states worth of posterity. And we get these hard-hearted people made in the image of God who say, nope, it is the woman's right to murder. And the church sits silent. Or they go out with their signs. And look, I'm not against protests. I'm not against speaking the truth. I know God is blessing many ministries and churches and Christians who go out and they speak out and they give a voice to these little children who don't have a voice. Praise God for those people who do it. If you want it to stop, you're going to have to bring justice. You're going to have to bring justice. And this is something I've struggled with probably all my Christian life because I wasn't taught any of it. But I see it in the Scripture. I see it in the Scripture. And it's not terrorism. It's justice. When are we going to bring justice against these? You know what? I want to ask those sheriffs out there, sheriffs who might hear me. I'm not capping on you. I'm not beating you up. I'm saying, where are you in your county to shut down the murder mills known as abortion clinics? Where are you to lead your people, to deputize your men, to teach them what the law says about this? Because it doesn't say you preserve such. Sheriff Mark Lamb, I know he's got a lot of stuff. You know, Bradley's had him on in the afternoon. I'd love to bring Sheriff Mark Lamb on. And ask him about this. I'd love to ask some other sheriff. I'd love maybe maybe my own county sheriff will come on. I don't know. And ask them, why are you allowing the very attack on the thing that our Declaration of Independence stated was the first fundamental right of people, which is life? Why are you allowing that attack on them? On the most innocent among us, where the safest place should be is in their mama's belly. I can testify as a father of 10, watching every one of my kids be born. Every one of them. Half in the hospital, half at home. It is a spiritual experience. It's not just a physical thing. It is a spiritual experience. It is life. It is life. Being introduced into the world. And who knows? 
Who knows what God's purposes are for that little life to be used in such a way? And I see it as a pawpaw now. I watch as that little man grows, and he's a big boy now. <laughs> he's going to be walking for too long. He's already trying to say words. And I hope I'm not spoiling anything, but we got word a couple of weeks ago. Yep, we're going to have grandbaby number two from Troy and Hannah. And congratulations to you guys. I just want to say that. That's the promise of God. Oh, it's the promise of God. Psalm 127, 128. You say, why do you have hope in the midst of this, Tim? I don't want to bring children into this world because of how evil and wicked it is. That's more the reason to bring them into the world. Oh, foolish people who say such things. Children are a gift from God. Don't disbelieve the word of God in that. Bring children, bring lots of children into the world and teach them the ways of God. Diligently teach them Deuteronomy 6. Don't send them off into state. Let me tell you something. You will create such a subculture that will overthrow what is going on right now. But Christians go, nope, we want to think like the world. We need to control children. We need to control the womb. I'm sorry. Go read the Bible. Joseph speaking to Rachel when she says, give me children. He goes, woman, am I God? God opens up the womb and he closes it. And the church needs to hear this. You are to be the light of the world. You are to be the salt of the earth. And if you've lost your saltiness in the midst of this right here, you're in desperate need of repentance. Desperate need of it. Oh, Tim, you're a crazy old man. Yep, yeah, I'm a crazy old man. I am. The word of God hadn't changed. You call yourself a Christian, quit violating the third commandment and taking the Lord's, the Lord's name in vain and doing what you're doing. And let the womb open and close according to the will of God. And then when it does open and you do have children, be diligent in teaching them. Oh, how the world needs godly children. How the world needs godly children and how many millions of them have we offed? By the way, I'm just going to tell you something. I know a lot of people get really, look, I'm emotional, you can tell. But a lot of people get emotional about, you know, where are children after they've been aborted or this and You know, I don't know. The Lord is the just judge of the earth. He will always do right. But I'm going to tell you this and keep this in mind before you send all children to heaven and this, that, and the other. I want you to listen to something. Nobody, 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 I don't care how young they are or how old they are, get into the presence of God apart from the work and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. Nobody. They don't get in there because they're cute and cuddly. They don't get in there because they're innocent. They don't get in there because they haven't done anything wrong. We read this in, in Romans 9. They get in there because of the grace of God. Because every one of these babies that's been murdered through abortion, every one of them were sinners. Don't change the theology and bring down the work of Christ for the sake of 
innocent looking babies. Any of these babies that go to heaven, if all of them go to heaven, they go there because of the work of Christ. But it's our duty to bring justice upon the heads of these wicked people who are doing these kinds of things. It's our duty to bring justice on their heads. And we're going to have to do it. We've already got the stepping stones. We've already got the word of God. We already have the law on our side. The question is, what are we going to do to put a stop to it? It's going to get ugly because men are set in their ways. Sinners harden their hearts. As the scripture says, can a leopard change its spots? Then you know, who know how to do evil, you can't do good. You can't just swap it around. That has to be the work of the Spirit of God. And the only way he does that is by us lifting up Jesus Christ and his work on behalf of sinners in order to reconcile them back to God. But what you just saw in the past 30 minutes is nothing compared to the depravity of man. Nothing. It is a drop in the bucket. These are millions of people, you know, unborn people, Tim. What are you talking about? It's a drop in the bucket. Have you seen just the last century, the 20th century, of what man will do to man? It's not love. It's every bit of hate. It's every bit of selfishness. And let me tell you, the lie that we're told about what we are right now I know what we were in the past. We were a Christian nation. We were established that way. There's no question about that. You go like hundreds of years, you read the laws, all of them reference the scripture in the colonies and in, in the states. No doubt about it. But if you really want to look at where we're com we've come to now, we're apostate. We've, we've turned away from, in large measure, we've turned away from the truth. We have embraced the lie. But we become like that, which Paul speaks of in 2 Thessalonians 2. We would rather believe the lie than the truth. And we'd ha rather have a man rule over us than God. Oh, he can speak the flowery words to us about the Bible and Jesus and blah, 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 blah. But what's the fruit of it? Oh, friends. How you can watch this. How anyone can watch this video and still push for the murder of the unborn is. And I get it. People are lied to. They, they believe a certain thing that they're told to. That's why the gospel is so. We must have a superior gospel. And we do, friends. We do. We have a superior gospel to overcome the enemy's lies. This is a great thing. Satan is bound from de deceiving the nations if the church will go out and speak the truth. He is. Speak the truth. It resonates with people. And you're either going to get one of two reactions. You're going to get those who will oppose it with everything that's within them, or you're going to get those who say, yep, I see that. I see it. There's no middle ground in this. There's no middle ground. I pray the Lord will raise up men and women who will speak loudly 
who will act accordingly to shut down this worship of Moloch. I, there's no other way to say it. That's what it is, even if people are ignorant that they're doing it. And that they'll return, they'll repent towards the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll see God's blessing back on our land again. But we, you know, if people aren't going to hear, we got to tell it to the eyes. I hope you'll share the, the video. Even if you don't share the radio show portion, uh, I have put the link in there for the video. And I'm sorry that some of you were upset. I, I get it. This boy here was too. But it's needful. It's needful. I don't like talking about some of the shameful things that Paul says we shouldn't even be talking about about the sodomites. A lot of stuff I won't even show because I think it just adds fuel to pushing that into people's minds. Sometimes I will. just depends. But this is, this is one I don't want. I just thought, Lord, I know this video is 20 years old almost. I don't want that little child's life to be in vain. I want there to be a message to the people that shows the depravity of the human heart. And I want people to understand they must put a stop to it. If you're not putting a stop to it, if you're not making the effort to put a stop to it, your silence is consent to the murder of the unborn. Oh, God, grant us repentance. Bradley, be with you at 3. SonsLibertyMedia.com, and uh, we'll talk to you in the morning at 6 a.m. See you.